Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Welcome to uh, episode eight of our second season of the Kevin and Philip Project. Philip, happy new year to you. Happy new year. We are officially now in 2021. Can it possibly be worse than 2020? I can't see any way that it can be. There's a there were there, it could have started off bad for me on the way over here today. I had a near death experience well, as I was coming around the corner. I met Kevin's daughter Mo in a car driving, and so uh, a little spooky whenever I saw that, that coming at that me. That could be a near death experience. <laughs> she actually has her driver's ed class next uh, next Saturday, so it's an all day thing. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, oh, she's doing well. Seems to hasn't. Wrecked a Jeep yet. So. She doesn't have to shift any gears or anything. That was the oh, fear no. of me whenever I first started driving. Well, what were we doing, though? I could tell she would be one of those as she's driving a stick Yeah, that sits there and forward, backward, forward, while she's yeah. sitting at a stop. She was doing something. I don't remember what it was, but I could tell she's gonna, if when she learns how to drive a stick, she's going to be one of those. Well, our kids don't know how lucky they are not have to learn how to drive a car first that has a stick in it. Yeah. We, had a, we had an old, uh, believe it or not, is a Ford some kind of little Ford that had three speed on the floor and uh, me and my brothers had to learn how to drive it and uh, going to Sonic it had a little ramp coming out of the Sonic so anytime we would take off leaving the Sonic we would didn't know how to use the clutch good enough so we'd be letting off the clutch and have the gas all the way down and peel out and you'd always think the cops are going to get me for spinning out of the Sonic yeah Um, so I don't know if our kids could figure that out or not yeah we'll do it at some point so well, sorry, uh, listeners out there. We we were planning on doing one right before Christmas, and some plans and scheduling issues came up, so we uh, we had to hold off on that. And then I was out for a week uh, doing a little bit of a, a, tr- a trip for Christmas vacation. So we're it's been probably three weeks, I think, maybe four weeks since we um, did four so. weeks. I think yep. back the first week of December, prior to the last trip I took, I believe we never talked about. I got to go on a trip down to Texas as well. Yeah, we, we did, talked about that. We went we? to Billy Bob's and nobody okay. was wearing masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. It was right after you got back, I think, when yeah. we did our last podcast. So, well, how was everything for Christmas in the in the Heath household? Well, we had a wonderful Christmas, and we uh, hosted a three day event at the lake. Uh, had Lisa's family one day, my family, the, just my personal family, Christmas Day, and then my brothers and mom and all the day after Christmas. So it ended up, we, we just hosted for three days and it was a lot of fun. Um, over gifted, I suppose, as usual. Do you over gift? No, we actually, don't, I don't, but someone in my family does. We've actually reeled it in pretty good. I think we kind of got to the point, like with my, my family, at least with my, my sister and her, all we do is exchange gift cards. Yeah. Like they want a gift card to, Smoky River Meats, and I get a gift card to Lowe's. I'm like, we just don't need to do anything at all. So, me and my brothers and mom and th- that side of the family still does the what do you call it? Everybody has a different name for it. Dirty Santa yeah, is what we yeah. call it, or White Elephant, yep. whatever. We d- we just do that every year because um, I-, I assume they've got all they need. Yeah, we just spoil the kids. That's pretty yep. much all we yep. do. So, I actually um, I, I see. For those of you who listened to us before um, and, and know that Phil and I are both fans of the show Somebody Feed Phil, 
Uh, Philip is wearing a, a nice hoodie that says, Somebody Feed Phil. It's pretty appropriate. So must have been a Christmas gift. I haven't Another seen you Christmas wearing that gift. one before. You know, the Somebody Feed Phil episode I was just, uh, we watched over and over again is the Singapore episode. We continue to watch it <laughs> and continue to tell ourselves, save, someday. save, save. Someday yep. we're going yep. to Singapore. Yep. So, well, I, I actually got something for Christmas this year um, that is something I've wanted to try for going on probably 30 years. And we've talked about it, talked about it, never never have done anything about it. So Kelly kind of forced the issue, and she got me some guitar lessons for Christmas. All right. I want to learn how to play the guitar. So, And Morgan is not going to teach me because that's just going to Who end Who will you disaster. go to? Nathan. Guy named Nathan. Yep. So, no, uh, Morgan's uh, guitar teacher at school, uh, Kelly asked, because Morgan's going to go do a couple lessons just to kind of get back in the groove before she starts her advanced guitar class here here in a couple weeks in the second semester of school. And uh, she asked the, the teacher, because I know at one point he was doing private lessons. He said he doesn't do that anymore, but he said, this is the guy you need to go to. So Morgan's got a couple of lessons with him before, and then I'm going to, once I teach myself somewhat to read music, I'll I'll go try it out. I believe guitar, reading music for guitar, is the easiest of all reading music because um, you do a lot of just chord strumming, you know. Yep. The the last relationship I had before I met Lisa was with a guitar. I took guitar lessons mm-hmm. uh, back in ninety nine ish. A while ago. <laughs> I was, I, well, here I am, twenty nine years old, and I listened to this little kid play a guitar, just unbelievable. And I thought, if he can do that, I can surely do that. I've never got good at it, but it is something that will uh, you'll be glad you did it for the rest of your life because I love to still sit down and pick up a guitar and play what little I can play. Yep, so that's going to be pretty exciting. And then, like I said, we uh, we decided uh, we were going to drive each other. Well, all three of us were going to drive each other crazy if we sat at home for what would it have been eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen or so days with nothing to do. Yeah. So we decided we had some friends going to Tucson, and so we decided they invited us and decided to jump in on that trip. So we left uh, on the 26th and came back on the 31st so kind of a short trip but got some hiking in uh got a little R&R in sat by the pool for a few days when it was a little bit nicer in the 70s there I was going to so. ask you what how the weather was weather good enough to set out with your shorts on the first and- few days it was for sure um it uh it was in the 70s and then the last couple of days it the high only got into the 50s so we were out around the pool the first few days um, shorts weather all the time, but it was it was pretty right. funny to see the different people there. You could tell who was from the south and who was from farther north. First day I got up to go get coffee, I'm in a hoodie and shorts, and was pretty comfortable. Felt pretty good, and I saw a guy in coveralls and a heavy coat, oh, scarf, goodness, and, yeah. and stocking cap. I'm like, yeah, it's not quite that cool. So <laughs> he must have been a local. Yeah, still thought he, it was no, winter he, he was time. from Southern California, was, so yeah. yeah. But yeah, so it was an interesting place. Um, we went to a resort. It's called Lowe's, L O E W S, in in the northeast corner of Tucson, right at the foothills of the mountains. There, it was interesting. We've talked about uh, travel and and COVID nineteen stuff. It was really interesting there. They it was it the place has great potential. It's been there for a long time. Um, Travis has actually been there a couple times for some work events. That's how we found out about it. But they're struggling running the place with COVID. I mean, their their coffee shop ran out of milk. Yeah, 
Um, they were out of Dr. Pepper. They were out of Coke. They were out, ran out of bottled water at one point. Um, and Did like, you talk to anybody and say, is this just because you don't know how to order because you don't know what kind we, of crowd's coming? We had some other issues, and we talked to them about it, and it didn't really go well, so we kind of stopped. The, the first night, both of us were there. Both couples were there. Uh, Morgan and then one of their kids got sick after dinner, and the other kid threw up in bed. And, and Melanie had called down to get the sheets replaced on the bed, and they weren't going to get her sheets because their their cleaning crew had went home for the night <laughs> and after some discussion she was able to get some clean sheets <laughs> and and then when we told them and we weren't telling them to get free food we were just telling them we had a couple of people get sick so just a he- kind of a heads up if other people get sick or whatever um they really didn't seem to give a shit about anything so mm-hmm. it was kind of we we really were kind of done at that point with that's a place in the resort that you're eating at yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was just really weird. Saturday, Sunday, they had poolside service, but then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when we were there, couldn't get a, a, an alcoholic drink or a drink in general outside of a coffee yeah. until 3 o'clock. Huh. So it was just, like I said, they were struggling with what was open and keeping things in stock. I mean, bottled water last year. How can you run out of bottled right. water? It was just kind of a weird deal. Uh, that They ran out of Santa Margarita. They ran out of Prosecco. Uh, it was just out of a lot of stuff they were they were struggling but overall it was a good trip good to get out and tell me for- about your airport experiences when i went to dallas i felt like the airport was as smooth and less crowded than ever before did you feel did you feel less crowded less yeah it was definitely less crowded the flight out both of them were pretty full yeah uh the flights back on the 31st uh, the flight from tucson to denver was fairly full it was a smaller jet the one from from denver to salina was not there was not even not very third. many people. Yeah, the airports were were definitely less busy, easier to get through security. Um, I think yep. because of limited flights. Now we've we've been just looking, and you can, anybody out there that's maybe looking into a spring break time, something like that, at doing a trip, um, and and we're determining this on because of COVID and because of lack of flights and the lower number of flights. Try to book a trip to Cancun out of uh, Kansas City around spring break. Kansas City, Wichita, or Dallas. Almost every single one of them will fly you through either Atlanta or Charlotte or somewhere like that. There's yep. no direct flights that you in the past could get, but I guess they've they've bottled up flights to where that they're so limited that um, they're going to run you through somewhere bigger than right. Kansas City. You're right. not going to get a Kansas City to Cancun, uh, although the prices on them are pretty cheap right now. If yeah. You start looking. At well, them. and that's so we we are about to announce a new sponsor for or another sponsor for the podcast. And uh, it's kind of travel related, and we're if we get this worked out, we'll we'll know here pretty soon. We're gonna we're gonna have a podcast coming up here pretty soon. We're gonna talk all about traveling and have an expert, a travel agent, basically right. on with us to talk about some of the do's and don'ts. And I'll give you an example. I was under the impression if you went to Mexico right now, you had to take a COVID test and it had to come back negative before you came back to the United States. And if you tested positive, you were stuck in Mexico. Right. We won't say who. We had some friends that did go to Mexico recently, and apparently that is not the case. So right. I think we're going to have somebody on uh, on the podcast here pretty soon to talk about some, we of, the, looked at some of the what what is and what's what legit, is, what's, what's not. What's true and yeah. what's not true. And maybe that's the greatest thing about having a travel agent help you out on these things because we, when we were looking at this, we looked at places like Puerto Rico, and, and there's still a lot of restrictions in Puerto Rico, and we thought you have to be tested to get in. You don't. There's... 
There are other islands, though, because I went in and read on some of the islands that did say that you had to have a – not necessarily to get back, but to get there, you had to have a negative test yep. before you could go. So, but anyway, there's probably a lot of those things out there right yeah. now. Yep, we'll talk about we that. We haven't got then, to it quite yet, but you do have a story of the week, I suppose. I do have a story we of the week. We ought to get right in. <laughs> We've talked a couple of minutes here without thinking about our opening session of story of the week. Yeah, so story of the week. Well, then, and this is actually a couple weeks old now. Uh, we're going to talk about this when we're going to do one right before Christmas, but I think it still applies. But uh, as you've all heard at this point, it sounds like there's going to be a stimulus bill that's going to be passed pretty soon. Uh, they're still, I think, last I heard, they were still trying to figure out what that payment was going to look like, whether it was going to be six hundred or two thousand dollars. But uh, when, when we're going to do the story of the week, I, I felt like this was kind of breaking news a few weeks ago. Now everybody's probably heard about this a little bit, but and I didn't sit down and read. I'm, I'm going by information I'm getting from some people who I know that have read parts of it and, and what I've seen online. There's no but, way anyone's read all of it because I saw the stacked up paper. 5,593 pages. Is a lot of reading. We wouldn't get that done over the Christmas break, I can promise you. So... Of the $1.4 trillion that this is that is involved in this, literally, well, let me let me back up. There's there's the $900 billion stimulus, and there's the $1.4 trillion government funding that are kind of bundling all together. Right. So, out of all of that, it, it's crazy if you if you've seen what people are talking about as far as what's actually in this. To me, this is cut and dry. What are we doing here? We're trying to figure out how to get money in the hands of people that have... COVID relief. Correct. That have lost income because of COVID, whether it's directly, non-directly, whatever. That's that's the goal of my understanding of the stimulus package. Right. Seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, if we have the money to spend... But someone has but, the bright, bright idea to roll all these other things into the stimulus package. Correct. Yeah, not Which not for vaccines, no sense. Not, not for businesses, yeah. not for people. Thirty pages of that fifty six hundred ish pages actually applies to the stimulus package. Yeah, thirty of those pages. That's it. So sixty four pages. Wish the American people could hear hear really start listening. Hear yes. that. Hear what Re- remember what you. we're going to <laughs> what we're what we're going to tell you right now. Remember this when it comes election time in a couple of years. 64 pages in this are centered around horse racing integrity and safety. What does that have to do with COVID-19? That takes 64 pages to get that done? Well, and my guess is Mitch McConnell probably had, you know, representing the state of Kentucky probably has a little yep. something to do with that. Yep. 79 pages are in there for a Montana Water Rights Protection Act. There's over 400 pages devoted to water resources that targets like $10 billion for 46 Army Corps of Engineers flood control projects. There's a thing in there about raising, officially raising the age of being able to purchase tobacco to 21. There's money in there for Smithsonian museums. There's money in there to beef up FAA's aircraft certification project. Which, again, I'm not saying that some of this isn't necessary. But doesn't need to be pushed through immediately. Why why are we holding up stimulus This is when they talk about pork. This is the pork we're talking about. (laughs) This isn't pork. This is the whole pig here. So, 
Um, there's seven billion to increase access to broadband internet, four billion to help other nations vaccinate people. There's all kinds of clean energy provisions that Democrats have put into this. I mean, it is absolutely crazy. You haven't even got this. to the foreign aid part of it yet. So, other than the vaccines, there, but some of correct. the foreign aid is what. Why do we have to shove this into this bill when it's there's no rush for yep. these foreign aid things? We could come back and solve this in February. So they're so they're basically trying to decide between six hundred or two thousand dollars per person for people that qualify for the aid. But yet willing to give away how much? So go ahead with your numbers. Israel, the money that's in in this for Israel, if you divide it out per person, is fifty six thousand three hundred and sixty one dollars per resident in Israel. In Sudan, sixteen thousand four hundred and seventy six dollars per person. Egypt, thirteen thousand two hundred and nine. Ukraine, ten thousand seven hundred and ninety one. <laughs> Cambodia. 5,262, Nepal, 4,638, Burma, 2,513. And they can't decide if they want to do 600 or 2,000 to a United States citizen. Yep. I'll tell you what, the old, uh, I saw a picture this week and it had a skinny old cow, just, I mean, just nothing but bones. And here come out the Congress with a bucket to milk her again. Yep. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and it's that's just, where we're at. That's what that's what they think about you as an American citizen when when they're trying to decide between six thousand and two thousand, and they're giving other countries money that equates out to fifty six thousand dollars per person in that country. Although I got my letter for unemployment rates for my employees um, at Express, and my unemployment rates have doubled starting mm-hmm. January one. Um, all this free money that they were giving away, it ain't free, it's not people. Free, yeah. It ain't free. It's going to cost me. And I mean, it's more than doubled for us on, on just our unemployment rates. Yeah, it's, you know, I had an issue. It was quite a few years back here in Salina, um, and, and I'm going by memory, but uh, we had voted down a water park once or twice, and I'm not going to get into whether I was for or against the water park, but it had been voted down once or twice. Yeah. And then what they ended up doing was they had a, they needed some heavy equipment and there was some sort of package they put together, but it had to be voted on because of the amount of, of money that they were talking about. So they slid the water park into that package. And so you had to basically vote yes if you lived in Salina because all the other stuff that was in there was ab- was necessary and required right. to, to right. operate the city. And now we have a water park. And that kind of stuff drives me crazy. That set, it, set empty this year. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't go well from the start. No, no. So they, they you know, it was... I'm sure that a, there are kids in town that love it, and every town needs a nice water park, but it's like you said, it was voted on multiple times. Oh, it's, and it was... the. I, I won't get into details, because I know... I've talked to some people who were kind of connected to that project, and, I mean, the Lazy River, I think, didn't work for two or three years after it no. opened because of crappy construction and... Well, this year, the uh, weeds around it grew so bad... Uh, you know, we didn't even maintain it. It's only a few years old, and yeah. it's not even been made. Yeah. I, I can't see how a swimming pool could set empty. And we this isn't any part of the discussion we was getting into, but I no. still say, we, I think we may have talked about this in the past, that yeah. it's going to cost a fortune oh. more than it ever. Yeah, to fix it, yeah. Essentially. Yep. So, well, do you have a story of the week? Um, a little one. Okay. Has to do with... Uh, Football. Let's get into some football here. 
not really my story of the week, but if you notice, ACC went 0-6 in bowl games, yet had two teams in the Final Four. Yep. Um, now they have zero teams. Now they have no teams left in it, but they're 0-6. Big 12's 5-0. and Of course, West Virginia didn't get to play, and someone else didn't get to play because of cancellations of games. TCU. Uh, TCU. So, so anyway, 5-0, and great year for Big 12 in football. Probably the best bowl season from yeah, a win-loss record time. that and, I have ever remembered. And some true ass-whippings, too. Uh, Texas rolled yep. 55-20, which just by saying te- Oklahoma rolled yep. Florida. Uh, but getting into the story of the week, though, after Texas rolled, you know that they were flirting with Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer's been saying no yeah. at Texas all this time. And after a 35-point win in a bowl game, uh, Tom Herman is now 4-0 at Texas in bowl games. Yep. Sounded like his job was secure, but come January 1, he's out. Which is just – you tell me how hiring Steve Sarkeesian is a better hire than Tom Herman. Um, so here. it is the, I, I want to go into the whole story of the week thing here, but it's, it is the Texas has Texas cannot get out of the way of Texas. They've got a Texas problem. They don't I, have anything I, else problem. I, I saw a funny tweet from Dan Lacero on Twitter that I think sums it up pretty well. Philip firing Herman to hire Sarkeesian is like driving past the Chili's and pulling into the Applebee's parking lot. <laughs> I mean, so Tom Herman is 54 and 22 as a head coach. Yep. Yep, Steve Sarkeesian is forty six and fifth and thirty five as a head coach, mm-hmm. so a way lower win loss percentage than Tom Herman has, and Texas is paying Tom Herman. I, I've seen different numbers; it's over fifteen million. I've seen up to twenty four million. Well, fifteen to go million, fifteen million to go away, ten million for his staff, so yep. twenty five million That's, roughly okay. in that number, just to get rid of him. Um, Sarkeesian though, 40, like you said, 46 and 35, um, left Washington with all kinds of speculation that he was having problems with alcohol and yes. everything else and yes. a lot of problems. Now this came evident at USC because he got up Correct. on stage and yes. I remember we, we probably, if we'd have had a podcast at the time, we'd have had a hell of a laugh at this, but <laughs> at a booster club meeting, he got up and cussed and yep. drunker than a skunk at a booster club. Then, uh, then USC's um, players say, hey, he's been coming to practice drunk. Now, this is just four or five years ago. He's been coming to practice drunk and everything. And uh, so the kids, basically, they send him home. Well, then the, at the time, USC uh, president of the college said, we should have done a little more research on the guy. Because yep. now we're hearing that this has been something that's been going on all, all the right. way back to his Washington days. Sarkeesian then sues USC. For wrongful termination. I don't know how he thought anything was wrongful about it, but he sued for wrongful termination, loses that in court, moves back to the NFL. Here's his bright spot for Sarkeesian. Nick Saban hired him, and for some reason people think that if you work for Nick Saban that all of a sudden makes you a great coach. Would you like to tell me how many Nick Saban coaches right now? I mean, there's like seven or eight of them. Okay. None of them are playing against him in the national championship tomorrow, are they? Yeah. I mean, he's still the – I mean, he's he's not a – Coach Whisper, although I'd say Kirby Smart's a good coach, and he's he's had it. Lane Kiffin was there with him. Lane Kiffin does a good job. But these are guys are not Nick Saban, and they're not Texas. And I'm going to go so far back as to say the Sarkeesian. If I you gave me my choice between Sarkeesian or Mac Brown, I'd take Mac Brown back every single day. Well, here's an interesting stat I saw. 
and and this reminds me a little bit of Nebraska when they fired Solich when they felt After like that great, wasn't good enough. Yeah, yep. And it went. They still haven't recovered from that. So if Texas had never let Mac Brown go, and he repeated his sixth worst seasons at Texas, which were from 2014 to 2019, Texas would have seven more wins under Herman or under Mac Brown than they did with Herman. So again, they thought Mac Brown wasn't getting it done. Got rid of him. That they did Charlie, Charlie, Tom Herman, now Steve Sarkeesian. All of a sudden, Mac Brown doing pretty well at North Carolina doesn't right. look too bad. Hey, you've got him in the Orange Bowl, best bowl game they've had in 50 years, since 1950, so 70 years. But, you know, um, a few weeks back, whenever they kept saying that Urban Meyer might be – as an Oklahoma fan, I went, ooh, boy, we don't want Urban Meyer down there. No. Because um, he's going to bring kids yep. no matter what. I mean, it, I don't know what kind of coach job. I can tell you this, kids would sign with him. Yeah. So you're going to get kids. Um, and Texas has been struggling with that, with Herman. Herman's got in trouble. Tell you some of the things I think rubbed the Texas fans wrong was his off-the-field personality drove them crazy. The things that he did, like the headbutting the kid back right. in the Baylor game. The uh, wanting to fight Mike Gundy after the game in 2018, I still get the biggest <laughs> kick. I thought them, them two rednecks roll at it. Yeah. But remember them? They almost got in a fight yeah. after a game in 18. Um on signing day last year, he flipped off the cameras. Yep. And and then his made-up story was that, uh, oh, I was telling a story about an OU fan. <laughs> really? <laughs> he just flat flipped yeah. off both fingers. Yeah. So those little things like that, I think, rubbed the Texas fan wrong. And uh, I don't. But I, I can't see Sarkeesian. I, I don't know don't. why you would want to go coach at Texas. I was just talking to to Tanner last night about this a little bit. And Texas is one of those places that. Anybody who donates $10 a year is a booster. And there's so many people down there that donate $100 a year and think they should be have some say in calling the shots behind the yep. scenes. And they have so many people like that down there that it's just nobody's ever happy. I think this went above the athletic director's head because I think the athletic director was settled with that this is fine. The boosters got to the president and right. the regents and said, we want him out. Yep. And then I think this guy had to make the, the shitty phone call on January yep. 1. Now, at the same time, Baker Mayfield's in a Twitter war with one of the assistant coaches, which <laughs> is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, ripping him because of Trey Sermon having such a great day. And evidently, this coach who left Oklahoma and went to Texas, Jay Bulware, he, um, he evidently ran off Trey Sermon. Then there's the whole end of the story when the whole story comes out. And so Trey Sermon's doing great at Ohio State, and uh, Baker just rips him a new one on Twitter. So it's a pretty funny little Twitter war if anybody wants to go follow Baker. and Now, Jay Bulwer, you won't find his. He completely deleted it because then later that day, he and the coaching staff were fired. So yep. Yep. <laughs> rough day for that guy. Well, like you said, nice win for OU in the bowl game. Did you? I'm sure you did see Mullins' excuses after the game. They, you know what? Did you see any other team? No. There are multiple teams, multiple teams that uh, had players out. Oklahoma had players out going yeah. back a long way. Yes, they did have great offensive players out. I think they had four four wide receivers, a tight end, something like that. Only one defensive guy. Them. Losing four wide receivers didn't keep our guys from no. running into the goalposts every yeah. time they touched football. So <laughs> Yeah, it was – for those that hadn't heard, so the Florida coach after the game basically walked into the press conference and and uh, he said things like, the last game we played, 
for 2020 was 11 days ago. OU did nice against our scout, or our scout team played pretty good against OU, and and I, I mean it was embarrassing to me to watch him make those excuses last year for the LSU game. OU had nine starters out. Yeah. Did anybody hear Lincoln Riley say anything about that when when it came game time? Lincoln Riley just smiled when they asked him about it. He just smiled yeah. and kind of said yeah, everybody's got their own way. He said, so, I'm not going to gain anything by yeah. making any comments on that, so I'm yeah. going to keep my thoughts to myself. Yeah. So, Well, here, now we got to focus on, on football for next year and the burning question that's on everybody's mind. Is next year the year OU finally beats K-State? I'm, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Could be. You know, I think that uh, watching the bowl games and everything and knowing who's young and who's old, bold early prediction Oklahoma's right back in the driver's seat again for the win the big 12 again I mean this would have been the year they could have got knocked out just something one thing went right um along the way and you know after you start the season 0-2 and, and you wouldn't think I'm going to end up the winning but never lost another ball game so that they ended up strong and look awful good I thought at the very end defense is so much better and um I, I don't know Kevin wrote down our predictions from the beginning of the year. I threw them away, but do you want to talk about them a little bit? If we, how close we got to being yeah, correct? Well, I don't know that close is the right term. Okay. Um, <laughs> so so on, if you go back and listen to our September 11th podcast, for anybody that, that hasn't been li- – or started listening after it, we made some football predictions. So um, I will say that uh, I'll start with me, and I made a, I made a prediction that, that ended up being – spot on i said the guy to look out for a case state the guy you haven't heard of yet that you're going to hear about by the end of the season just got named a freshman all-american of the year deuce vaughn so nailed that one i also said that we were going to be good at wide receiver and we weren't going to have any problems in that position i was uh complete i, I couldn't be more wrong <laughs> on that one um so yeah uh that was that was bad um, and then the other one was as we were going through, I made a comment. I said, realistically, we are not going to be OU. And uh, obviously that one yeah, proved that, to be yeah. wrong. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting um, looking at looking at what we had. I mean, we picked we we both picked OU to win the conference. Um, so not, that was uh, an it, I felt like at the time we weren't really going out on a limb on on that pick. No, no. <laughs> um, I think it was unanimous pick by even the coaches in the league and the sports writers. Everybody we had, and we both kind of bundled OSU, Texas, and IS, Iowa State together, which I think pretty much played out that way. Um, with uh, KU last, Texas Tech. I mean, I think the one that we probably missed the most on was West Virginia. Uh, we had them down kind of in that number seven, and I think if I remember right, they finished maybe fourth or something, yeah. somewhere around their third or fourth in the conference. So, yeah, not not too bad, not not great. Um, we had K-State a little higher than we thought, but unfortunately if we if we finished the, the Baylor game like we should have and uh, be beat that Oklahoma State game, we should have won that game. Right. Um, and K-State would be right up there towards the top of that next tier where we thought. So, um, you had a nine and one prediction for OU this year. They finished seven and two, so not too bad. One game canceled. One and, game canceled. So and uh, could have been eight and two. I would have been right almost there. 
So yeah, we basically had OU Iowa State kind of switched up there a little bit, and, and both played great in their so. bowl games to end the year. All the teams played well in their bowl games to end the year that uh, that we're talking about there: the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and yep, and uh, Iowa State uh, looked good. Yep, I think uh, I lost. I lost my crap a little bit when they came out with some of the uh, all Big Twelve teams. Um, I thought there were some interesting. Choices I didn't like. There. I didn't like them at all. We we were basically snubbed at Oklahoma. I would argue that one. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it was. I don't know. It, that's hard. Everybody's got their opinion. Well, Iowa State so. loaded up on it pretty good. Yeah, the one there was one guy for K State that I thought should have have gotten more than honorable honorable mention was Drew Wiley. I was looking, and it's funny you say, oh, you got snubbed, because I'm going to give you three stat lines here. So Drew Wiley at K-State, he plays the defensive line. He was honorable mention. He didn't make any of the first, was it three teams or two teams, whatever yeah. they pick, I don't remember. But uh, So he had, on the season, he had 25 tackles, 14 solo tackles, four and a half sacks, one fumble recovery, three passes defended. The two guys for OU that were ahead of him were Ronnie Perkins who had nine less tackles, three less solo tackles, less sacks, no forced fumbles or recoveries and no passes defended. Did you mention that he had four less games as well? He only had one less game. No, he 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 didn't come back until like the unless your guy was hurt a lot cuz Ronnie Perkins only come back for like the last four oh. games of the year. Okay. Well, you only play four games of the year. How's he making yeah. all Big Twelve teams? Uh, I know that's probably not right. So. He was he did change our defense though when he came back. He's I guess I didn't realize he was tough. out. So that okay, that makes a little more sense then. When I when I was looking at those numbers, I'm like, how's he not playing or how's he not picked above? Yeah, this his, guy? his but, numbers happened just within a very limited since almost just since the Kansas games, the first time he was back. Well, that's a good game to come back on. Yeah. <laughs> So did you see the did you see by the way, did you see the video of Joey Galloway losing his mind over OU being ranked ahead of Cincinnati in that last college no, football? No. Oh lost his freaking mind on ESPN, went off. But of course well, Cincinnati gave Georgia hell, didn't they? This is the same guy that in twenty eighteen said to keep an eye out for KU though. So yeah. I think he predicted <laughs> Baylor to win the Big Twelve and 2016 or 2017 and they went one and 11 that year so <laughs> i don't know that i'd listen to him too much but yeah he lost his stuff so well how about the um, clemson coach was it clemson coach that ranked ohio state 11th yes and then got drummed yeah. by them so that i guess that makes yeah. him 12 and it's funny i mean i don't y you tell me what you think I, from what i've when i've talked to people and stuff i think I felt like everybody felt like Ohio State deserved to be there. I, I think they're one of the best four teams in the country. I think they're one I of the best it, two teams in the country. I think right it now. sucks that they're really good. I mean, the Big Ten kind of screwed them and then had yeah. to back out. They and couldn't it, help. It's a bad look them. for a big for the Big Ten, right? But I think that's why a lot of people were against Ohio State. It wasn't because they felt like they should be there or one of the best teams. It was because of all the crap that was going on in the Big Ten, and then they changed the rules so that Ohio State could get in because yep. the original rules they set, they would not have even been able to play for the Big Ten championship. So, well, If you want to take the best four teams, there's no question Ohio State's one of the best yep. four. I don't know if they're the which number you'd put them in, but I would say by watching them all and as many games as I've watched all of them play – Alabama by far is the best team, and Ohio State and has proven they're probably the second best team. Yeah, with, no, uh, I, I would agree with that. With um, 
transfers. You know, these transfer portals have helped out so many of these guys. At Ohio State, the two most amazing guys in the last two weeks have been both transfers. Justin Fields from Georgia. Right. Trey Sermon from Oklahoma transfers in up there. Those transfers can are a big deal whenever you get to thinking about it. And kids leaving and going other places. I mean, there's always great players out there. So, if, if you're a K-State fan and you go, I'm going to go out to the transfer portal and go get me some guys. I heard mm-hmm. there's well over 100 kids in the transfer portal right now. Oh, there's more than that. So, I – with a week or two left in the season, I was reading an article that said typically, because K-State had a lot of guys go to the transfer portal yep. to the point where everybody's like, shit, like something's <laughs> going on at K-State. We got problems. At the time, and I'm going to give you round numbers. I don't remember specifically what the numbers were. But at the time, typically at that point in the season, there's a few hundred kids in the transfer portal. And at that point in the season, there was over 800 kids in yeah. the transfer portal. Now there is thousands of players in the transfer portal, and I get why they're doing it. And I don't, I don't disagree with the NCAA and letting these kids do this, especially this year. A lot of crap going on. It's easy for us to sit here and 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 criticize it, but at the end of the day. You've got these kids that weren't allowed to go home. They've been stuck in the middle of Kansas. They're from, say, L.A., and they're yeah. stuck in the middle of the Kansas for a year, not be able to go home, not be able to see family. You can't go out and do stuff. You're just stuck. If you want to play football, you're stuck in this bubble that's the football program. It's really hard, but this is going to be a problem, and and hopefully K-State can make it up and find guys in the transfer portal that will come in and, and do better and replace these guys. But I'm telling you from a recruiting standpoint, this is going to jack things up for years. I mean, allowing players to now – this year didn't count. There was right. no yeah, eligibility. So you can come back and Freshmen's play Freshmen's coming in are that, – and that's the thing I'm thinking that made me start thinking about the transfer portal and how important it could be for other teams is Lincoln Riley said, well, we've got to get out there and start evaluating. And we've got to get after it right now and start looking at – because we know now that we've lost um, – Two quarterbacks already. Mm-hmm. Mordecai went to SMU, and then the other freshman kid, uh, Morris, he put in the transfer portal this week. So we're down to one scholarship quarterback yep. and then one kid coming in. But one one on the on the uh, campus today. But he said, well, I can go out to the transfer portal, and there's some pretty good quarterbacks yeah. out there in the, that, that you got to go recruit and sell that you're not going to come here and start yet, but you could someday – Every school's got that opportunity, I suppose. I saw we had two more linebackers yesterday. Now, both kids, I didn't know their names, so they yeah. evidently weren't – they were right. backups. But two of them are leaving. And so you think, well, here's two kids that are recruited by Oklahoma. They got to be pretty good. That, right. I mean, go to SMU or go somewhere like that and help win a different conference uh, and get to play. Well, I think there's two things to, to pay attention to over the next two years. You got number one, which is these guys start recruiting three years out. Right. So they've already been recruiting for the 2021 football season two, three years ago. Since they were sophomores. And they've already got commitments. They've already got people signed. Now you've got kids coming back. They're just saying, I'm coming back next year. They were going to be seniors. They were going to be gone. Now they're coming back. You're going to have issues with scholarships. And then that's going to trickle down to the next couple of classes. And how do you recruit? That's where we're saying these so, high school seniors now are getting screwed. Yeah, this, this year and next year, it's going to yeah. be horrible. But the other thing I'm going to tell you that, that I think is going to be interesting to watch is that, so you don't lose the year of eligibility if you transfer. So juniors, seniors, a lot of times they would just stick it out because right. 
there's no point in leaving. You're going to lose a year of eligibility. Does it really make sense to leave? Now you don't lose that year, and this year counted as nothing. So it's almost like two bonus years. If you're not playing, I'm going to go somewhere else. Somewhere, some of these kids who think they're going to go somewhere else and play are not going to get picked because there's so many kids available in the transfer portal right now. So I think your Division II, NAIA, some of those schools are going to have an influx of talent like they haven't seen. All these guys that were Division I athletes got Division I scholarships. They're going to end up having to. If you yep. left your school, you're going to have to go down there and play if you want to play. You might have a lot of high school seniors right now that end up going NAI or mm-hmm. lower division or junior college or something just to to prove themselves. Because I'd rather have a fifth year Sam Ellinger at my quarterback than to bring in a freshman out of high school. Uh, I, I, yep. Richie, my Texas friend here in town, Richie Waltman, he's he said that he he's just crossing his fingers that Ellinger does not come back. Yep. <laughs> Well, they announced this week Skylar Thompson's coming back for K State, which is big. I think they, I, I, I had heard he was coming back. I think they waited until they got uh, that four star recruit quarterback that's coming in. They've got him signed to a letter of intent before Thompson said he's coming back. I think that was on purpose. Um, but yeah, K State's had a few guys that have announced Boo Massey, um, McPherson say he's coming back. So we've got some guys who are going we'll to be huge back. to come yeah. back. But, uh, We've definitely got some work to do in the transfer portal at wide receiver, defensive back. Um, now we're going to have to um, replace Tell a couple me, uh, defensive you line brought players. brought up K-State there, and we haven't got into it yet. What happened with K-State and Fort Hayes? Basketball. Have you ever heard of this story? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> That's, this was a, there was a rough couple of weeks there for K-State basketball. Now the overall record right now is starting to look a little better. We've got a couple of wins yeah, in there. Until yesterday. <laughs> One of our two or three winnable games left on the schedule we lost. I'm, I was pleasantly surprised by Oklahoma beating West Virginia yesterday. I didn't think that yep, could happen. No, I, I put money on West Virginia on yeah, that game. I, I didn't uh, think so. We had, a, we had a kid that doesn't even start come in and score 29, and yep. a couple of our starters were down in single digits. So, fortunately, someone got hot. We had an 18-point lead at halftime. Well, Almost gave it away, but – Held it's, on. It's funny on the Fort Hay State thing because when we were going to do this podcast before, Rustin was going to come come on with us, and he graduated from Fort Hay State. Yeah. So I was going to give him his moment. We'll get him on on one of our future podcasts here, but I was going to give him his moment to, to gloat. <laughs> um, I had a rant that I was going to go on, and uh, I decided to hold off on that. About it. I calmed down a little bit. Um, here's what I would say, and and – for those of you that don't know or follow K-State basketball, um, we, we lost to Fort Hayes State. Um, the, the game was never in question. I mean, Fort Hayes State domina- dominated us from start to finish. That should never happen in, in this era. And the talent that K-State is and should be bringing in. With that said... Then we go out and we beat Iowa State at Iowa State the next week. It's crazy to watch this team play. When they pass the ball and they have assists, they're actually not bad. The problem is, is we've got a couple of guys who think that they need to be the guy and they're not going to ever be the guy (laughs) that dribble the ball around for 27 seconds and throw up a stupid shot at the end of the shot clock. And when we do that, we lose by 30 points. Baylor is a perfect example of that. Yep. Did it all that entire game. 
We lost by 30. Here's the thing, and I'm going to keep this short. This is brusketball, if that's the term we use at K-State. Weber, everywhere he's gone, has done this the same way. He has three or four horrible seasons, and then he'll have a good season. Get, saves his job. Saves his job. Yeah. So the question is, are you comfortable and happy with winning the Big 12 every four or five seasons, which he's won it twice in nine seasons, followed by a couple years of very, very bad basketball? Because that's what you're going to get with Bruce Weber. He runs a clean program. He does it the right way. You're never going to have the Calipari, the Bill Self issues. But you're going to have these years. Not once, not twice, but this is the third time in nine years he's had to completely rebuild a roster because he's lost the locker room and everybody left that didn't graduate. <laughs> we're, we're starting three freshmen right now. We're tied with another school I can't remember for the most starts by freshmen in the starting line at this point in the season and he had to do that he had to go get all these freshmen because everybody left last year well will they not leave again I mean what what's the reason for leaving what do you think that boils down to I I don't I'm not in the locker room I I can't answer that question you know and the the Wade Brown Stokes, I mean, four years those guys. That's that's a rare situation where you bring those four guys in. They play four years, obviously become very good players, end up elite eight run, Big Twelve championships. Um, it's just this is you're gonna have to deal with this. This is Bruce Weber. This is how he does it. Like it or not, that's what you've got. So you know, the basketball though is one sport that you can get. You literally in football, you're not going to go out and find one or two kids that's going to change the world for you. Basketball, and I think he's fortunate enough. A couple of years that they did win it, he mm -hmm. went out and had great players. Mm -hmm. A couple of great players. The only time Oklahoma's ever been good at basketball, it wasn't. I don't think had as much to do with the coach as the one great player right. that came. When we had Buddy Hill with yep. the, there, we're, make a run all the way. When we had um, the guy in the NBA now, the. Anyway, whenever we had the other good players back then, um, the kid that's uh, at Atlanta, what's his name? The oh, guard. yeah, the guard. Oh, man, just a couple years ago. Yeah. Jeez. So you, you make a run with those kind of one great players that makes your coach look really smart for right. a year or two. But I feel like Lon Kruger's got that same thing. If he has a great player or two, and at times he's been fortunate enough to have two great players at the same time, he's made a run all the way into the Final yep. Four with, with Buddy Heald and them. But then he's terrible for years after. So it's almost go get the guys. Now, I don't know what's going right. to happen at Wichita State. If they'll ever go get those guys again, they may have – they might be in trouble. Well, the other thing with Weber is he's just – and I've met him a few times. He's he, he doesn't connect with the fans. He's just socially awkward. He's just funky, weird dude that nobody connects with. And so everybody's always calling for his job because it's not like Frank Martin. You can argue about his antics on the sideline, but yeah. at the end of the day, he's a guy you can get behind. He's a guy you can root for. He's a guy yeah. that if you have the opportunity to, to talk to him, <laughs> you, you feel the emotion, you feel what he wants to do. You can connect with him. Weber is not that guy. No. And so everybody always wants to chase him off. I was doing some research after the Fort Hayes. So since K-State first joined its first major conference, which was 1928, that was it went from the Missouri Valley to the Big Six at the time. 
it is entirely possible, Phil, that this season will be the worst season win loss record wise since that since we moved to the big sense since we enjoyed a conference. So he would have three of the top ten worst seasons at K State in history since nineteen twenty eight. Well, but he's, he's also five, won he's five more. and six right now. He's also won more Big Twelve championships than Weber, or I'm sorry, than Martin Huggins, Kruger, Altman, Tan Tom, Jack Hartman. I, I don't know how. Go back to the '70s. Yeah. All combined. So that's what I'm saying. It's feast or famine with him. It's it, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> All right, I'm done. That's my rant. I, I was going to tell you there was a kid signed with uh, K State this week that was shocking. Last name of Lockett. Signed with yeah, K-State. There's another one coming. <laughs> another Lockett coming our way. But I see he's, a, he's a little bit smaller. He's like 5'11", 160. Maybe he'll develop into being a typical Lockett. But I, I wanted to text Lee, uh, Kevin the night that it happened when he signed with K-State. And I said, I can't believe K-State was able to get this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, at, what, at one point, there was a discussion that KU was in the running for him. And I don't know that he's was, a, he's not a four star. He's just no, he's a, he's a yeah. I mean, he's got the bloodline, so he, not to say he couldn't he's, make it. He's someday. supposedly a very good route runner, like Tyler was, right. but a little bit faster, a little bit bigger. But yeah, at one point, like I said, a, a year ago, maybe when his recruiting first opened, there was some interest from KU, some mutual interest, I should say. And I was just like, is that the world coming to an end? When oh, a locket his, signs with KU, would allow that. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, we'll see. Um, I, I obviously he's uh he's probably signing more on his name than anything. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you that you know Tyler Lockett wasn't that highly recruited when he came to K State. So it was kind of the same boat. Uh, um, I mean he, he living in Tulsa, he had a little more visibility from some right. of the southern schools, but. Uh, he wasn't. This Lockett kid lived in Kansas City, I guess. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you know, I'm gonna change gears here a little bit. I'm pissed off at Netflix right now, or maybe I'm not pissed off at Netflix. Maybe I'm pissed off at this Peacock service. Okay. They have taken the Office away from me. I can <laughs> no longer get the Office as of January one on on Netflix. On Netflix, yep. I have to. You have to subscribe. To, they had Peacock, already yep. taken some time back. And the, now I'm a I'm a watcher. If I get stuck on a show, I love it. And y'all guys have probably heard before. I love watching Michael Scott. Anything he does, I think is hilarious. Um, but anyway, he, uh, he so I almost watched a f- several episodes a week usually. Um, but they had taken some time back Parks and Rec, which I really liked Parks and Rec too, yep. and went to this Peacock service. And now they've taken The Office. Now I'm saying they've taken it. They own it because they are NBC shows and NBC's the Peacock. But I right. don't have that yet. But I get to thinking to myself, am I going to pay again for this NBC Peacock, whatever it is, and just add another $9, $10 a month to my bill and still keep Netflix and all I'm going to get is NBC shows on this one? I don't know if it's worth going and getting it or not. Well, we, we are subscribers to Peacock because Kelly's watching Downton Abbey right now. She's trying to get through that. Um, but uh, we dropped our HBO subscription since we finished Game of Thrones, which, by the way, I would not have told you I would be interested in that show, but everybody recommended it, so I thought I'd start watching. First couple episodes, wasn't really into it. I'm not into the whole dragons and right. That's probably one why of the I best. Watch it. One of the best series I've ever watched. 
I've never seen by the end of it we one. couldn't stop watching it like huh. it was it was crazy but we dropped HBO so we'll see what we do with Peacock I'm an office fan I usually watch it on Sundays when it's on there's a station on my uh, YouTube TV called Cozy that yeah. is on all afternoon on Sunday so I usually well I was hoping I could find it somewhere else uh, you can watch it like there's a marathon today and yesterday on like Comedy Central or somewhere like yep. that so you can catch it some days but. Uh, but if you're a person like me, I want to. I do like. It was a a show that followed from one show led to the next show led to yep. the next show. You, you want to stay in sequence and right. not just be chasing season two, episode seven, and then the next day, season nine, episode yep. four. That drives you crazy. Um, but maybe I'll get in do that Peacock thing because we're dropping track TV. I've been saying this now for months. But now that football season's over, I feel confident enough. We went through this season figuring out what we could. We found who, games on Hulu and YouTube TV. Yep. So we're confident enough that we feel like we can drop track TV without missing it. Yep. And in Big Twelve country, um, if you sign up for ESPN Plus, which I do have a subscription to that, um, it gets you pretty much everything. You Any need Big for Twelve sports. game you yeah. want. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we finished. So on on the trip, I finished or watch The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Yeah, I really like that show. Yep, Who would have thought that? you'd watch a show about chess? Yep. And it ends up being one of the better yep. short yep. series. What is it, nine shows? Yeah, maybe, seven or eight. Like yeah. So. Really good show, Queen's Gambit. Yep. If you haven't watched it, get after it. And the new Cobra Kai is out. We're going to start watching that tonight, I think. So the season three, I think it is, of that is out. So we'll probably binge watch that over the next week or so. But Do you uh, have any trepidation? We're going to change gears one more time. Do you have any fear of anything going on bad in America on January the 6th? We're just a few days away. Anything? What's January 6th? Yeah, with the whole Washington, D.C. Oh, show gotcha. and the vote. And I, I just feel like I was telling the kids, don't be surprised to see rioting. Don't be surprised to see things that have happened in the past. I I don't know what's going to happen. There is a – there's a – on Facebook, you can go out there and check in different social media sites saying that sta that Washington D.C. has been shut down because this millions of people are coming to protest the uh, Biden win, and um, and it sounds to me like our uh, new state representative Marshall has stood right up and said he's going to join in on part of the of the denying the fact that it was a good. But anyway, the whole thing is. They were telling the story that all of Washington D.C. has been shut down by their mayor and everything. Well, I booked a hotel room this morning just just to see if I could. I didn't mm -hmm. didn't finish the process, but there's rooms in Washington D.C. Yeah. The then I looked on there to see if there's restaurants closing. Well, they're similar to us. They have restrictions, but right. they're not completely closed. Right. Grocery stores, gas stations, they're all open. So don't believe that that they're. There's some conspiracy out there that we're going to shut everything down right. because the fact is, just make a phone call up there to one of those businesses like we did this morning. You'll find out it's business as usual yeah. other than COVID, the yeah. COVID things. I, I think it, you're going to hear some noise, I think, but at the end of the day, nothing's going to change. The, the election's done. You can argue about whatever you want to argue about, but nothing's going to change. So I think that there's going to be some, a lot of people making noise, Yeah. but I don't, th and I think part of that is, especially from a government standpoint, you mentioned Marshall, just kind of drawing that line from your party's affiliation and right. Well, and, and he also thing, got but, elected uh, just recently, right, with the promise of I'll stand up for my Correct. constituents and his constituents Correct. would want him to do this. Yeah. More of them should do that. I think than the other. Another thing, I'm on this, um, you know, the I was talking about maybe 
potentially of the potential of violence. I saw where that they out in California uh, put a pig's head in Nancy Pelosi's house and sprayed fake blood all over it and wrote stuff about that stimulus check. Uh, those kind of things are just ridiculous. Yep. I can't stand Nancy Pelosi, but but we've turned our selves against each other over politics. Um, the Rose Bowl parade was canceled, and um, about and moved to Texas because they can't play any sports. Do you realize what happened during the time that the Rose Bowl parade was supposed to take place? <laughs> about six or seven hundred trucks lined up with Trump flags <laughs> and American flags, and they had a Trump parade down the same exact route. No, nope, I missed that. Oh, you, you have to look it up. Six. They said over 600 vehicles got in line with flags and Trump flags and everything else, protesting the fact that they're shut down because the street that they go down is one of them that's been hard hit by restaurants and things yep. like that in California. They're trying to recall the California governor right now because they can't stand some of the restrictions they put on them. I can't stand some of the restrictions they put on them. Yep. But it is what it is. Yeah, well, my PSA of the week um, is typically Philip and I give a, a pick of the week. Um, going into the last podcast, we well, going into this podcast, we're two and two on those picks. So uh, the last pick Philip took was probably the worst beating yeah, we've Miami. taken. Yeah, he uh, he How had Miami over North Carolina, and North Carolina won sixty-two to twenty-six. Let me tell you a Ouch. story about that one. How were they that bad? <laughs> they I mean, you know what I just got through saying that that division, the AC, is zero and six in bowl games. They are not as good as I thought they were. Yep. Good. <laughs> yep. I had uh, Boise State minus eleven and a half, and they they only won by eight. So I was I was a little bit closer, but lost. Here here's my PSA: just take anybody who plays K State in basketball and and give the points you will win more than you lose. They're going to have a lot of double-digit losses this year. Um, so I promise you, if and I'm going to keep track from this point forward, if you take K-State or take the other team, and I don't care if you're giving points or not, just give those points. We'll see what that record is at the end of the season, but I'm guessing you're going to win money if you do that every week. Yeah, I would bet so too. So, All right, well, anything else, Philip, before we uh, sign off? No, we'll bring a little bit more excitement. Let's see, we'll be here in about two more weeks, and after that time we'll have a pretty good idea of all the teams in the in the uh, football playoffs in NFL. Uh, Baker right now is playing for his life. and We're probably about the third to fourth quarter by now, so I'll have to get up and look here in a minute. Uh, a lot of good games for the last week of the season yep. just to figure out who becomes division champions. Who cares about the Giants? And is Giants playing – no, Phillies and Washington, right, yeah. to, to determine. Two teams who don't even have a winning yeah. record and they're playing to the last day to determine who's going to win the championship. Um, that NFC East is pitiful. But but anyway, a lot of decent games on today. So we'll talk about that next time we come back, and hopefully we'll have the new sponsor that come on and talk a little bit yep. about uh, Yep. I'd like travel. to get them on sooner rather than later. We've got spring break coming up. Yep. Um, you've got people that are going to start looking at some summer vacations type stuff here pretty soon. Start getting some things on the book. So book now, they're cheap. So, yep. So we're going <laughs> to have we'll somebody. About that. We're going to have somebody come on and talk about that. And uh, until then, happy new year. Happy new year. Make 2021 better than twenty twenty for sure. I don't think it's going to be too difficult. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page. 
www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.